All right, welcome to the Axiom Podcast. My name is Devin Dash. This is episode 60, and I'm here with Joey Brannon. Good and, afternoon. And Shauna Hicks-Cranston. Shauna is the, I'm going to let you tell everybody who you are in a second, um, but we're excited to have you today and, and just thank, thankful that you can come on the show with us. Well, I was excited to be asked. Um, yep, yeah, my name is Shauna Hicks-Cranston. I am actually the owner of PostNet of Lakewood Ranch, uh, which is uh, one of the wonderful businesses here serving the Lakewood Ranch community for over 11 years. Uh, PostNet's your one, one-stop shop for reliable print design, shipping solutions. Uh, put simply, our bottom line is built around helping others succeed, and our customers are at the heart of everything we do at PostNet. Man, that's a, that's a lot, that, but that's exactly what we love about businesses in the community and businesses that serve the locals, um, that they're all about the community and relationships, so... It's very polished. Like you've said that quite a bit. I, th- I feel like you've got your, your marketing <laughs> well, pitch down. You know, it's one of those things we offer so many services sure. that I kind of have to put it into a few words because if I started listing all the stuff as we go on today, you're going to be like, you do that too? You right. do that too? We offer a lot of services for individuals and small businesses. So that that's always been interesting to me because... Um, you see these retail storefront locations mm-hmm. and you, you do have, what I love about outlets like yours is for business owners, well, I guess individuals too, but like I've literally walked in and been like, this needs to go to this place. I don't have a box. I don't have a label. I don't. And it's like having a back office to, to do all the stuff that you're not good at. And you don't really have time to to either do yourself or task somebody in your business to do. And individuals, I've got to imagine that the way uh, the, I don't know. I'd be interested to hear like how things we can get into this now or get into later. Like how your world's changed in the last year because you've become so much more relevant mm-hmm. with people wanting to be able to live, work. Uh, be anywhere, you know, maybe other than where they were a year ago. Absolutely. Well, one of the great things about being an essential service, and I I really never considered myself an essential service. Mm. You know, it was sort of uh, when the epidemic started, people saying, well, essential services can stay open. It's like, well, what's that? What do you classify it as? And um, when they told us we were solely because of the shipping aspect of our business, we were ecstatic. Um, we didn't miss a beat. We were able to stay open throughout, um, and customers were able, we were able to service them, you know, as where they were, uh, if they were at home, if they were still at the office, you know, on the side of the sidewalk, we had customers that were like, I'm not coming into your store. Can you come out and get this? Sure. I'm happy to walk outside and get that for you. Um, so we're really able to, um, maneuver our business to help people. Like you said, with the, with the pandemic and everything, uh, a lot of businesses, all of a sudden, everybody went home and had to figure out a new way of doing business. Um, and we were able to go ahead and help them with that also. Um, a lot of people, we've even found that they, they like working from home. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that way, they are, um, it's more cost effective for them. They didn't need to have a storefront. Um, and so instead of having just one person sitting there collecting the mail and everybody working from home, they realized they could really take that and invest in their business. 
you know, invest in their marketing, invest in what they really do. I mean, people open a business because they're really passionate about something. Mm -hmm. And then they realize, oh, my goodness, now I need marketing stuff and now I need accounting things and now I need a place to put my business and all these things um, that we are blessed that PostNet is able to provide a lot of those services. We can be that people for you. We're sure. your people. Yeah. Um, so you don't necessarily, unless you need to, um, have a, a larger staff. Or mm-hmm. it really, on uh, for a lot of our customers, it allows them to put their staff into what they're really hired for. Sure. And have them really focus on doing the business of why they open the business and allows us to partner with them for the other things, their marketing, their shipping, their design work, Um, even getting notaries or, you know, emptying out the shred bin. You have all this sensitive document. I mean, a lot of people went through their their files over over the last year and realized, now I have all the sensitive document. What do I do with it? You can bring it to PostNet. We can go ahead and shred it safely for you. So little things that you just didn't really think about. And uh, a lot of our um, other services that we call them kind of our miscellaneous um, really became things that we were able to bring to customers and really have them help their businesses uh, get organized and really kind of look at um, what they're going to do and how they're going to do business. That was one of the good or bad things uh, for a lot of companies is they really had time to sit back and say, okay, we opened this business for this reason. Let's get back to why we opened it. Mm-hmm. What's that going to look like going forward? Um, and we're just blessed to be able to be part of that for a lot of people. Yeah, that's great. It was interesting. I, I had an experience with a, a retail storefront type business that had like retail customers and business customers. And it was really interesting to see how they bent over backwards to serve their business customers and the retail customers when they had a lot of restrictions put on like how many people could be in the store. And they realized like if you're if you're an individual, yes, you know, we want to respect your time. But if you're a business or an employee who's working in a business who's trying to use that facility, time is money. Mm-hmm. And so it was cool because they would they started calling the businesses and saying, hey, don't come to the front door, come to the back door. We know who most of you are. We're not going to be freaked out. You know, we're not going to think somebody's trying to rob the store if we open the back door. But, you know, knock on the back door. Somebody will answer it and will bring your stuff to you. You don't have to wait in line. You don't have to worry about three people in the store or four people in the store. And um, I, I appreciate, you know, like we live in the business world, I appreciate when other businesses are thinking proactively, like, how can I... Uh, I don't want to say prioritize, but yeah, prioritize the people who have the most to lose if we can't deliver, right? So that's neat. Yeah, and we did, you know, we've always done, you know, deliveries for some of our larger customers that just they couldn't get out. Mm -hmm. Um, Most of them have been, you know, some of our wide format customers that are, you know, doing blueprints, and so they have construction teams. So we've always uh, delivered for them, but we did a lot more deliveries for people just to make them comfortable for that. Um, my husband even did a lot of uh, um, virtual, or not virtual, but um, going out and doing notaries for people, you know, and it was sort of, I, I want you to stay there. I don't want you to get real close, but right. I want you to do it. So it was sort of that, that dancing of you sign it, put your paperwork here. I'll go back right. and do it. And, <laughs> right. But if that's what it took to yeah. get things done for people, yeah. you're more than welcome to go ahead and do it. That's neat. Well, tell us, uh, you know, PostNet is a franchise uh, type business. And one of the things that we're really interested to talk to you about is the the decision to franchise, the, the advantages, some of the strings that may come attached. So tell us a little bit about how long you've owned the business 
And what was the decision matrix like when you guys were looking at opening a business? Was it like a no-brainer? Was it were there a couple different options out there? What did that process look like? Absolutely. My my husband was actually the one that found PostNet. Um, in his in our past business, he was in the staffing industry uh, for 22 years, and it was a franchise also. So he was very familiar with franchises and what they can offer. Um, PostNet was absolutely. Um, a little bit different than our past franchise uh, because they don't have corporate stores. Some franchises offer corporate stores and then the franchise stores also. Uh, so PostNet was all franchises. Uh, he actually found it. He took our, really, he, he made a list. My husband loves a list. And so <laughs> the he man kind of, after my own yeah, heart. <laughs> yeah. So we have actually just had our, uh, our daughter. So I was home with her. And it was sort of like, what what are we going to do next? Um, we had sold our last uh, business, and it was just it was time. Uh, after 22 years, it was time for something different. And he kind of made a list of our skills, where we had been, what we like to do, uh, the reasons why he got into the last business, and kind of took all of our um, skills, made a list of it, and also put in there the the hope that it would be something uh, he has two grown boys that they could, if they wanted to, be part of. Mm-hmm. Um, and also our daughter, that it would be something that um, she could grow into and also grow up in. Um, one of the, the big things for us was being more connected with our community before we had three locations. So we were kind of road warriors. We mm-hmm. were here in Sarasota, Clearwater, and St. Pete. So we were uh, on the road a lot. And it was kind of difficult to really become attached to your community when you're kind of servicing three different communities. Uh, so we just wanted something to really give back to our community, be a part of it. I grew up in a small town, so it kind of had that feel of being able to, if push comes to shove, call somebody and say, hey, can you come pick my daughter up from school? I've got to do this. Right. Uh, so, it, you know, that with Lakewood Ranch really worked out for us. Um so he made a list, um, went into it. The great thing about PostNet is it's not that you're just writing a check. Um, it's do are you a fit for franchise for the PostNet franchise, and is the PostNet family a fit for you? So we actually went out there and um, interviewed with them. So it wasn't just write me a check and here's your keys and have a great time. Yeah. Um, they really wanted to make sure that it was a fit, uh, that we had the skills. And honestly, it wasn't that I had to have a checklist of skills to be able to be a printer already. It was, are you open to, you know, following these rules um, or having these opportunities and you can take the business as far as you want it. So Mm -hmm. it was a a real good match for us and our family. So when he was putting together his list, uh, given his previous experience running a franchise, Mm -hmm. Were you guys kind of already leaning in that direction or kind of definitely in that bucket of looking at what different franchises fill that list? Yeah, he really had looked at um, just franchises to start with. We okay. kind of, you know, talked to friends and uh, taught he has a friend that's a broker and kind of looking at what, what, what we could, uh, you know, what was around, what sure. were the needs for the community. Uh, you know, um, 11 years ago, this community was a lot different than what it looks like right now. Uh, so we... Uh, looked at that and he came up with a couple and I asked uh, quite a few of them because they were food related and I love to eat but <laughs> I don't think I want to be around it 24/7 yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and postnet kept coming up to the top so we were just very excited for that interesting so how did things kind of compare and contrast maybe 
your what was the startup period like like the first year as a new franchisee and and what were kind of what were your the expectations of you and your roles and responsibilities and now how have those changed now that you're kind of seasoned and and they know you you're the person that that is going to be there day in day out mm-hmm. and all those questions have been answered well i have to say looking back you know only if you knew what you knew <laughs> or didn't know um you know, we have a path at PostNet, and we have RDs, regional directors, that help us get to that. Um, those are a newer addition to PostNet, so we didn't necessarily get that in the beginning. Mm. So for if you are opening a franchise, franchise with PostNet right now versus 11 years ago, it's a different experience. Uh, my, our experience was still fabulous. I mean, we had all the tools in place. Um, you know, they... they give you the layout of how it's supposed to be so you're not sitting there going, okay, what goes in this corner? What goes in that corner? There's a list of things uh, that they recommend. Uh, There's a whole build-out process. They come in and do it all. So I wasn't sitting there, you know, laying down carpet at the the 10th hour. Uh, They really do it all for you. Um, They also give you some suggestions as to, you know, what you can do beforehand. And uh, had I known now what I know then, I would have been promoting PostNet as soon as we had signed the on the dotted line. Mm. Um, because now we can really do a lot of our job from home um, with the contacts that we have. So um, when we started, it was my husband and I and then um, my stepson, Justin. Uh, so he, he joined us. And um, he was not uh, a graphic designer by trade, but loved computers. So it was a great fit. He was eager to learn, and he self-taught. So he started doing that uh, with the three of us. I started networking immediately. And um, Brad loves numbers, so he definitely was the the the, behind-the-scenes guy with the numbers. Uh, But all of us were in the center uh, different times. You know, when I wasn't networking, I was there. And it just more and more networking for me, getting out in the community, um, my husband being out in the community also, uh, just getting our name out there, telling people, you know, we, we want to be the place for people to come and ask those questions. Yeah. Um, you know, when, when people come to a business, you know, they kiddingly, notoriously they're asked, you know, is there anything else I can help you with? And people think they're humorous when they say, yes, I need a dentist and I need this <laughs> and I need that. And I'm like, but we had the answer. Right. It's like, yes. Okay. I have a, I have a dentist. Would you like to know my dentist? And I, you know, we, we service and our customers, here's three other dentists, you know, you get to choose which one works for you. And people are like, wow, you really can do that. It's like, well, that's what we're here for. We've yeah. met all these people. Why not share the information? It's interesting when you think about how our neighborhoods have changed and how kind of our society has changed. You know, I'm thinking literally of the post, you know, of the mailbox. Mm -hmm. And a lot of those conversations used to happen at the mailbox. And now you go into these new communities and there are no mailboxes. There's a bank of boxes, you know, where everybody stops on their way to work or from work Mm -hmm. and opens their little box and pulls their stuff out. And we don't have... We're not asking for recommendations mm-hmm. from when you move into a new area. It's not as commonplace, I guess. So you do look to, what are the, where are the businesses that I go to? I mean, it's funny, I've talked to uh, restaurant servers and bartenders, and they are offering the same kinds of advice. You know, like they're, they're telling people like which uh, daycares are the good ones, mm-hmm. you know, as people move into the area for the first time and where to, where to do their grocery shopping and, you know, Obviously, it's Publix, but, you know, (laughs) anyway, um, so it's interesting how you've kind of become that hub 
Because you're willing to. Uh, not every business right. is willing to. It takes a, a kind of a mindset to ask what else and, and be able to uh, convince your customer you're willing to stretch the bounds of what they might have come in for and they can trust you Absolutely. When, when you give them advice there. So when um, so you sounds like just from the franchise franchise or franchisee perspective, um, even your franchisor has kind of grown and developed in terms of how they onboard new franchisees and make them successful. And have you uh, have you been like the squeaky wheel in any of that, being like you guys should do this, and then you <laughs> see it all the, you know come to fruition months and, or years later. And honestly, this is the first time we've met, but you know me well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, PostNet has given all the franchisees opportunities to, um, you know, be part of the growth. Um, we have over the years, uh, they've, um, they have different committees that you can join so you can be part of, you know, communications and, you know, just different communities, um, to be part of. Uh, I've been on the marketing, uh, committee for a, a lot of years. Um, now I'm on um, kind of like their, we call it a PNFAC, it's an advisory board. Um, basically, we, we represent, there's, uh, I think there's seven of us, and we represent all of North America. So basically, when we have board meetings, we can kind of sit down and be the the voice, since we can't get all of us together in a room, mm-hmm. we can kind of be that voice for them um, and bring up suggestions. Uh so yeah, we are we are currently actually doing just just what you were talking about. You know, asking for what our franchisees want. Um, our uh, headquarters. We are actually a worldwide company um, based in Milan now, and uh, a little different from where we started. And you know, the, the um, our our HQ basically said, you know, where is the path that you would like to take. PostNet. Instead of us telling you where you want to take it, you tell us. So we're currently, we're calling it a vision 2024, and we're basically doing strategic planning. And they're, you know, asking the franchisees, asking the owners, asking the employees, you know, where would you like to see the company? You know, uh, granted, uh, they have a direction where they would like to go. I'm, I would hope so. Uh, (laughs) um, But really, they're wanting our input. They understand that we're the people that are doing the business. Uh, We're seeing all this. Not every PostNet is going to be the same. We have different people. We have different needs in each center. Uh, Hence, some of the reasons why we offer uh, a lot of different services to service different clientele. Uh, But it also gives us an opportunity to really help grow um, our business. You know, I'm, I I think I don't I've never had experience in a franchise, but one of the things that we discussed and kind of thinking through how we could provide a really good conversation for our for our listeners was uh, to to consider ask you to consider a time when Postnet maybe presented you with a change that became a particular challenge, like hey, there's this change, hey, there's this change, and eventually it's kind of like hey, you're changing a lot and asking us to do a lot of things, and and that might become uncomfortable. How does the the advisory board that you partake in, do you see that having an impact in making change uh, more acceptable or, or more uh, streamlining the, the, I guess, the adoption process of other PostNet franchisees? Mm-hmm. And what's that? Can you talk about that a little bit? Yeah, well, I mean, just to give you a little history, you know, PostNet started uh, two gentlemen, real young. Uh, they had been in fran- They had kind of been in the um, franchisee business before. Uh, kind of with printing, but really PostNet started in Vegas with uh, mailboxes. 
there wasn't enough mailboxes at the post office, so people were not necessarily being able to get their mail easily. So they started PostNet, and it was gift wrapping and mailboxes. Still to this day, I still cannot see these two men gift wrapping anything, but I love them to death. <laughs> um, and it kind of grew from there. So, And then came in with the, the shipping part of it. So shipping was really um, the mainstay for a lot of years. And, you know, we did, we did some printing. Uh, and then over the years, you know, as you're talking about changes, that was really our biggest change was going from basically a shipping store and having some other ancillary services to being having the design um, aspect in there and having really the print production past just making a photocopy like you could anywhere. Uh, so really having that creative side to be um, an addition to anybody's business and helping them pass just generic things um, and sitting down with customers and having that conversation and help being a partner with them, that really wasn't part of how PostNet started. Uh, so it has been a change and a challenge for uh, some of our uh, owners. Uh, we kind of came into it right when printing was really um, being a focus more so. Uh, so it was a bigger it was a bigger training part for us. Um, shipping is shipping. You kind of learn it's it's there's kind of cut and dry. There's a lot of parts to it, but you can easily learn it. Where when you're talking about um, building a logo for somebody yeah. or helping them um, start a business and where they have to be, that's more of um, that creative side uh, that a lot of our franchisees had to learn about, and it was a new factor for them. Um, but it has really given us the opportunity to be that neighborhood business center for people and be that one-stop shop um, when our customers come in and say, well, I'm, I'm glad you could help me with this. Now can you help me with that? And most of the time we can. Yeah. So what I mean that's that's a really surprising shift from something that's really black and white like shipping and printing and gift wrapping you know you might you know you might have the right way to wrap a gift but then you add in this design component and I'm I'm wonder I wonder if that wasn't a big um, roadblock for people to join the Postnet or become franchisees of the po the Postnet franchise brand and talk a little bit about that and and how what what do they do to overcome that? And you know, mentioned your stepson taking on that graphic design piece. Do they offer courses? How do they systematize? I mean, we think of franchises as like the systems business, right? Mm -hmm. And how do they systematize that creative component in that addition? Well, they've it's changed over the years. You know, as different products come out in in the world, um, we have we have definitely and changed the way we've done things. Uh, but basically it's, you know, setting that expectation of, are you open to learning something new? You know, you don't have to know about um, graphics uh, to start with. Uh, there are different um, companies that we partner with. Um, there's different opportunities. Uh, a lot of companies uh, freelance. So, you know, that there there is ways to go around it. Um, with PostNet, they kind of gave us a... Um, a menu of how you want to do it. You know, here's ways that we can get you to, to learn it yourself uh, and gave us opportunities um, to learn it. Justin learned uh, most of his skills online. Um, some, some of our graphic people actually went to school, took some basic classes for that. You know, a lot of what we're doing for customers um, is 
there's kind of two two types of customers, customer that you want to create from start to finish or a customer that has started something or they've gotten something from maybe they've created it or they got it from a designer and they just need help being able to uh, manipulate that file to make it print ready mm. uh, or to fit into what you're looking to do with it. Um, you can't necessarily take uh, every logo and put it on a billboard. You know, <laughs> and there, there's certain things that that logo has to have. Uh, on it to be able to do it. You just can't create it. You know, that's why some things kind of get grainy when you print them. Uh, So there's different roles and, you know, things that we explain. But basically, PostNet was was able to give us different tools, and that's what they've really um, supplied us with. Um, We partner, we have uh, a couple different companies that we partner with that gives us the opportunity to get into their systems and do design work. Uh, and then um, being able to just help our customers. So they've really given us the tools. It's a matter of learning the tools. Hi, this is Joey Brannon. I want to take a quick time out just to tell you a little bit more about Axiom and the work that we do. We work with closely held businesses on strategic growth. What that means is that we come alongside the business owners, we help them get clear about where their business is going, and then we engage their leadership team to build plans for growth, and then execute those plans. If you're a business owner and you're trying to grow or you're looking for future growth, or maybe you're just trying to manage the current growth that you have and you're looking for some help, you want somebody to come alongside you, to give you the tools, to show you what accountability looks like, to build the skill set of your team so that you can step away from the business while it continues to grow, give us a call. You can find more information at axiomstrategic.com. You talked uh, a couple times in the earlier topics about you know if you would have known what you if you'd have known then what you know now you'd have started marketing right out of the gate. Absolutely. And you talked about networking and networking, and so like Devin said, we think of um, we think of franchisers as like the tools and the systems and the process. We also, I think, a lot of us I do have images of our head of like national or international franchise brands that might benefit from a branding campaign mm-hmm. so that you know, kind of build some brand awareness so people see your name in a shopping center or a storefront and they go, oh, I've, that's a known quantity. So, But um, I, I think a lot of business owners and potentially franchisees, I don't know, uh, but I know a lot of business owners fall prey to the, you know, build it and they'll come. You know, like restaurants are notorious for this. Like we have a gorgeous dining room. We have a fantastic menu. And, you know, it's crickets on a Wednesday night because nobody knows that they're in the corner of that shopping center or they're in that out parcel. So uh, as a new business owner, what did you find effective in terms of marketing? And where did you what are some things you may have started that you pulled back from because they just weren't getting results? Um, Great question. And, And really, you know, being out in the community is is a number one. Um, you know, just because you open your doors doesn't mean that the whole world is like you said that you build it and they will walk in. It, it's not necessarily like that. Um, you know, for us at PostNet, our corporate was um, beneficial in that aspect. I mean, they um, made sure that we were at the right location because we do have, you know, we are looking for walk-in traffic. We are looking for people to, to come in. Um, not necessarily that you have to, we can do everything, you know, by phone, email and whatnot. Some of our best customers I've never even met uh, in person. And that's great. Um, But being able, being in that right location, location, location is is key when you want um, that walk-in traffic. But I will say every day I have people that come in and they're like, 
how long have you been here? I was at Publix and I just realized you were here. Well, you didn't need us before then. Now you know that we're here. Um, so even being located right next to a Publix, you still have to have um, that, you have to do that marketing. Uh, for our franchisees, our um, headquarters does a whole program, you know, helping with your SEO, helping with social media, helping um, get the word out. Uh, they have a whole whole campaign that is automatically done for you. So again, you can concentrate on getting your doors open, getting to know your community. Uh, they do mailings. Uh, they'll do direct mailings and EDDM mailings and, and uh, start that email campaign for you and stuff like that. Um, but And these are things that are a necessity when you start a new business with a franchise like PostNet. It allows you to have a partner. You know, headquarters helped us with that, so I wasn't taxed with that. Sure. I was taxed with learning um, the process of owning PostNet and running it and, you know, being able to service that customer when they first come in, and then going out in my community and saying, yes, that is us. Um, you know, here we are, uh, and finding different things. Um, networking was really how I started. I had, um, in our our last business, you know, um, it, I didn't necessarily uh, have to do as much uh, because of what we were doing with staffing. Um, so getting to know, you know, joining a women's group, um, you know, where there's people there and, and actually realizing that you don't necessarily have to walk into a room of 400 people um, to really make a difference in your business. You know, it's, it's getting, it's making um, connections, making relationships and starting those relationships. You know, it's walking into a room and not having a goal of, I have to sell $400 worth of widgets <laughs> right. before I can leave and go home. Right. Um, it's building that relationship and understanding that it's going to take time. You, you know, it's that farmer uh, mentality of, I have to go plant some seeds. And that's really what I was doing for a long time. Um, you know, planting those seeds, letting people know we're here, what we could do for them. And when they had a need, they're like, oh, you know, Shauna, you know, she's a postnet. Let's go find her. Right. Um, you know, social media was huge. We all have a huge base of, uh, of you know, especially on Facebook uh, because we're sharing our kids' pictures and what we ate and uh, right. you know, where we went. <laughs> um, and I got to show you that Disney picture from last week. But we don't necessarily do the same thing on our business side. So right. really being able to connect those two and letting people know that I am postnet. You know, there's that connection with me. Um, and for me, it was fine to, you know, involve my uh, my daughter because people know me when I was networking in the beginning. When you have a brand new baby, you kind of have to bring them. With you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I did a lot of networking with a small child yeah. attached to me. That's neat. Um, so I would say, you know, networking is just the, the number one thing versus doing those cold calls. Um, cause networking just allows you to, um, have another foot in the door, you know, being able to say that, uh, you know, Fred from downtown told me that, you know, told me about you, that you printed something or did this, you know, you kind of have that connection cause we all love to do business with people we know, like, and trust. Right. And that's just, you know, networking just gives you that foot in the door to, to build those relationships. So is there anything that you, that you scuttled? along the way and you're like this is not working or this isn't worth my time or well you know you don't necessarily my husband will tell you that networking was not going to work he 
uh, was not a fan. He's like, you're going to lunch and spending what? And you're going to do who? <laughs> he was not a fan of it. Yeah. He also, I, I think people, and my husband included, were, you know, people have an idea of what networking is and what sales are. And he didn't realize that him talking to people as they came into the, the business center and asking them about their day and talking about their kids and telling them about this camp and what his daughter's doing, that that was promoting other businesses within the community at the same time. And it wasn't until we were at a, a business alliance um, luncheon or actually one of their business after hours, and it was conveniently located in Truman's, which is in the same plaza that we're in, and I, he kept sa- I kept saying, you need to be involved. And he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, well, you can't get any closer than right. this. <laughs> so, you know, he was signed up, and one of our friends came up and basically dragged him down to Truman's and gave him a beer. And they sat there, and he comes back, and he goes, I met a bunch of people. <laughs> and, of course, That's I had great. to say, so did you buy, did you sell $400 worth of widgets right, right, while you were there? Right. He's like, I met a lot of people, and they told me about other people. And yeah. it's just that. You know, it, it keeps going around that but give back. There's a there's a lot you know that we don't know. We don't know. Mm-hmm. I mean, it just in the since our conversation started, 32 minutes ago, um, I've thought of at least one client who's you know like so there's there's if we look around the room we're in there's stuff on our wall. I can some of the stuff that we do with clients is about um, establishing their values, their vision, their mission. And then communicating that, right? And there's still, in my mind, v- very few substitutes for tangible media, you know, like uh, something that's hanging on the wall or something I can hand to you that you can't ignore. You know, you you may throw it away, but you have to physically put it in the trash can. And if you lay it on your desk on the way to the trash can, it's going to be there when you come in in the morning. It's mm-hmm. not going to get buried in 300 emails. And um, and so we talked to these clients, be like, yeah, be you know, it'd be great if you could get those up where everybody could see them and they look at us and go, yeah, that'd be great too. And they go, how do we do that? I'm like, I have no idea. (laughs) Like there's a, there's, there's maybe a website out there or a printing company or a, and so, you know, like you're saying, like networking, like us just getting to know what you do and things that we didn't know that you do. And now we have, uh, we we're going to call this person whose initials start with S S, and be like, we you need to go talk to Shauna, right? You guys, you need to go tell her what's in your brain. And the cool thing about um, you know getting to know people like that and building the relationship is that you can go to them and say, this is what I need, and you have a high degree of trust that if they can do it, they're going to do it. But if they can't, they're going to be like, I can't do that, but I probably know somebody who can. Right. And that's yeah. the, that's where networking really comes into its own. It's not just one-to-one. It's the connection where I come to you and you point me to somebody else who may even point me to somebody else. Um, it is extraordinarily effective, but it's a very long game. It is. It, it, you know, we kind of say it's a 90 day game, you know, who you meet now Hopefully in 90 days we'll have a need. Mm. You know, it's that funnel kind of get a get, You have to keep having people. You have to keep meeting people. Networking is not a one-time thing to say, okay, I did my one meeting a month. I'm done. And again, build it and they will come. It's not like that. You have to stay out in the community. Um, you know, timing is a huge thing. You know, I see people all the time. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I'll admit I have box holders that, you know, they come in. They've been with us for four or five years. They come in once a week twice a week to get their mail 
And all of a sudden, a box will come in from another printer, and I'll, I'll put them a little note and say, hey, when you need to reorder these, I'd be happy to do it right here. Save you the shipping. And they're like, oh, you do printing. Yeah. They, you know, people get used to you for, you know, having, doing one function for them. Right. Uh, you know, it's like in banking. You walk into a bank to make a deposit. You don't walk in with a, a laundry list of things uh, and right. walk around going, what do you got? What are you selling today? Yeah. You know, like, do I need a mortgage? Do I need a, you know, you just, you're right. going to a business for a reason. And it's really up to us uh, as business owners to be able to share what we do. And, you know, I'm blessed at PostNet that we offer a lot of services that can also work against me some days because I can't necessarily target everything in one conversation. Um, but that's where the, the networking aspect of uh, building a relationship with somebody and having them trust you when they have a need to come and say, hey, I need this. Can Do you know somebody? It's like, well, we can help you with that. Mm-hmm. And like you said, very often if it's something that we can't do uh, or we, you know, we all have our niches, uh, even within the printing industry, uh, if we know somebody that really shines um, at some particular thing, I have no problem you know, sharing that information and making that connection. The bottom line is, is, you know, the person that I refer to them, they're going to love me even more, even if I wasn't able to help them. They're going to still refer PostNet, even if I wasn't able to, in the end, do that product because they know I was looking out for them. Sure. Well, going back to the the idea of like all the systems and like the just kind of the plug and play things that you have access to as a franchisee that if you're starting a business from scratch, you got to make that stuff. And Devin and I can attest to the fact that a lot of times it just doesn't get made, mm-hmm. right? Um, what is what are some of the things that you you experience today? A well established and successful business. Mm-hmm. Um, it sounds like you know very plugged into the franchise franchise or system and, and great feedback loop and advocate for other franchisees. But in the day to day business. What are some things that you're experiencing now and you go, I w- there's no way I would want to live without this. And it's a direct result of, of like being a franchisee as opposed to having to build all this stuff on my own. Well, you know, I love having um, our regional directors. I mean, they, um, you know, we have our HQ departments and, and whatnot. And I, I being on a committee, I, I deal with them um, more than, you know, somebody who's not a uh, connected that way. Um, but our RDs, our regional directors, they are sort of like your mother. I mean, they're sort of like, did you reach this goal? I don't remember seeing that. So it's, you know, you own your own business. We can really do what we would like, but there's somebody behind you saying, okay, you set that expectation. Did you do it? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, having that accountability and it's not like they're going to slap your hand and you have to write them a check for something more. Um, it's really you, they want the best out of you. So having that accountability partner is really what our regional directors end up being. And, and accountability partners are, are definitely something that, you know, you can find with somebody in a similar business or even in a business, that's not even attached, just having that opportunity to, um, set goals and, you know, putting that reminder in your phone. Uh, I'm very attached to my phone. If there was one thing I couldn't live without would be my phone because I wouldn't know (laughs) what to do or where to go. Um, But our corporate has really uh, given us tools, um, even design-wise. You know, we, they give us a lot of design opportunities for marketing, for social media and whatnot. But our communities are, are a little bit different. 
you know, my community is really community based. So we love to, um, you know, have our pictures on things where a lot of um, things that come with corporate are just corporate branded. So, but they're very willing. And I do have very talented graphic designers, but the bottom line is I want those, I want their talents to be for my customers. So we, we actually have a, a graphics department at HQ that can do graphic work for me. So I can be sitting at home and I don't have to take my graphic people away. I mean, sometimes they do, mm-hmm. but when we're busy, I can, they, they're there for me. So I even have those same tools um, at the headquarters level for me to go ahead and use as an owner that my team has. Um, and again, you know, yeah, I can create it. And a lot of people say, well, I could do it myself, but it's the same thing. If I can have somebody else do it for me, then my team is really focusing on their customers and servicing them and not taking away from, from them. Man, the thing that sticks out to me when, when one of the things we try to tell our businesses all the time is, is we went, we want to at least take the leadership team and give them an opportunity to work on the business and, and kind of as a perspective shift from just working in the business. Mm-hmm. And it's just fascinating to me that, that PostNet sees the value in that and provides their franchisee owner, franchise owners with the ability to, hey, we don't want you to work in the business, like designing their marketing material so that you can, we're going to design that for you. And, and it just strikes me as a huge benefit. And you, you've, you've attested that here just in a short time talking about how, how valuable that is that we can focus on our customers and we can focus wor- the people who we want focusing on the business and working in the business. Um, is it, We're able to do that because we have other people working on the business. Is there any other areas in, that PostNet provides you with that? And, and how, how do they do that? Do they just see that as a, a net benefit to them or... Well, it's definitely a net benefit. Um, you know, when we talked about uh, when we have centers that have been in business, you know, 20, 30 years, and again, they started with that, they may not have started with any printing history. Um, we have some centers, uh, we have one in Vegas that that's all they do is shipping. They don't have to do printing because they are so busy uh, doing what they're doing. Um, that's an anomaly. Uh, but we do have some centers that are very happy just in the shipping side. So being able to, so they may not have learned, they may not have had to have uh, a designer on staff. Um, so it just really gives, it gives everybody a, uh, a level playing field by having um, that team at headquarters to be able to help us. I mean, they're there to help us with the accounting aspect of it. You know, I didn't have to, my husband didn't have to, even though he knew, he didn't have to know all about accounting. They were going to go ahead and help them with that. So really every aspect of the franchisee, there is a department in our headquarters that will help you with them. Um, So any questions that we have, uh, we have, we call, we have a help desk that we can go ahead and we can do it um, on our phones. We can do it on our, right from our POS. We can ask questions to it. Um, you know, they have a huge library of past um, questions that we can go in and look at, uh, sort of like a library. Uh, we have a uh, board that we can, just for franchisees, that we can go on, we can ask questions. You know, those questions that you say, all of a sudden somebody needs this and it's not something we've done before, I can go on our forum and say, Hey, I have a client that would like, you know, 800, uh, of this widget. Do you have, have anybody ever done it? Where can I get this done? So we also share within our franchisees, our owners are very connected. Um, and it's something that, um, you know, as I'm training 
uh, new franchise franchisee owners when they come to our center um, is that's one of the big, best things is you know we've already created it we've already done it let's not recreate this wheel you know use what's already out there and then put your spin on it it's interesting to me when you're talking about the regional directors and like them being one of the highest value pieces that you've experienced as a franchisee and the reason for that is the accountability but the accountability is voluntary right it's something that we've talked about before where uh, if I don't want you to hold me accountable I can give it lip service but I can mislead you and and you know not I, I can I'll fail to get any value whatsoever out of the accountability if I haven't really bought into it and I think the perception of of a lot of us who are outside the franchisee franchisor relationship is like, Oh, well, like you're beholden to them and they control this and they control that. And if they say jump, you have to say hi. So it was really interesting for me to hear you say like one of the biggest things they give us are these people who, who essentially coach us and help us get better because we want to get better. And we've told them that we want to do X, Y, and Z. And they're coming back and going, have you done that? Why haven't you done that? What can you do to make that, you know, get that result. That's that was interesting. Yeah, I mean, we've had that was one of the things that that my husband looked for was having that interaction. Um, a lot of franchisees when or franchises when we looked for them, um, it was literally you you were you were purchasing the name, hmm. you were purchasing the key. You know, you didn't get the support factor, and and that was a, a huge benefit because we really were not familiar. With, I mean, yeah, I've gone to the post office and bought stamps, but right. didn't really much past that. Um, you know, we went and visited other PostNet locations before we took this um, step of purchasing one. Um, but, you know, franchise, our headquarters, you know, they'll remind us all the time, we work for you. What do you need? We work for you. You know, when you make money, we make money. Um, you know, that is one thing that a lot of people, when they're looking at a franchise, is you know they're looking at that percentage of what you have to give back, uh, what you're paying for that franchise, um, the ability to have a franchise, mm-hmm. and you know sometimes that check is a little hard to write, um, but what we're getting from it is you know a whole team behind us, and that's where we like to be for small business owners who are starting their their own business, mm-hmm. you know if it's not um, a franchise that has that backing. Uh, most small businesses, like I said, they, they are starting something because they really are passionate about it or they've worked in an industry before and they didn't like something about it. I mean, I, I giggle. I was in finance before for, for 13 years in banking, um, and a lot of banks start because of disgruntled employees that leave <laughs> for different reasons, and they start their own bank. Mm-hmm. Um, it's happened more than once, let's just say. Uh, so when you're sitting down with a customer and saying, you know, what, what is it about your, your business? Tell me about your business. They're telling you all the things they really love to do, but now they have to do all this other stuff and they can't hire somebody to sit there and collect the mail. Well, I can do that for you. You can, you know, it won't be sitting on your doorstep anymore. Uh, we rained today. Now it's not wet. It's safe and sound. Um, you just don't think of those little things. Um, or those can be the stumbling blocks for a small business owner to not go to the next step. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we sit down with, with business owners all the time and they're like, okay, I'm ready to make the next step. Um, they may have gone to, a, you know, before COVID, they may have gone to a, um, 
a networking event or taking a class somewhere, and we're told, you need to have these five things. So they have their checklist, they're ready to go, and they come in, and then you ask them what their budget is, and they're like, I'd like to do this for $100. It's like, well, let's sit down and see what we can do with your budget or whatever it is. Um, you know, the reality is every business is not the same, and who they're marketing to means that they may be doing business a different way than a friend of theirs who owns owns their own business and was helping them. So we really like to sit down with them and find out what that particular business needs, where you really want to go with your business, um, and give them opportunities. They are the ones that ultimately have to um, make the decision of where they want to lead their business to and how quickly um, for that. It's funny how, you know, we look at, like the that franchisee fee back to the franchisor is like man like if only I didn't have to pay that right and you know and I think a lot of people may shy away from franchisees or franchises because they go well it's just you know that's too too expensive like why would I spend money on that but you made it very clear um, you're paying that money for a reason so if we were to if we were to flip the script a, l- a little bit and go to a business owner and say like if you could. Uh, if you could invest an amount of money, and you know this is going to be a recurring investment, right? And as for as long as you're willing to make this recurring investment, that investment is going to allow you to focus on the things that only you can do, and it's going to do that by providing the systems and processes that make things make the trains run on time. It's also going to do that by providing some back office support, you know, some skill sets that you don't have in house. There's going to be somebody else who's available to do those things. Uh, it's also going to provide this kind of accountability, uh, somebody who knows what it's like to walk in your shoes, who can help you, who can coach you. It's lonely at the top, you know, as a business owner, and you can't talk to your employees about your problems. That never works out well. You, you can't talk to your customers about your problems because you're afraid of losing them. Your vendors don't care, you know. Right? Um, and then the last piece is you're going to have this network of people with businesses almost identical to yours, who are also going to be a resource and possibly a support network, but a technical resource, a business resource, a personnel resource. Um, they'd be like, wow, like, how much is that going to cost? Like, I, I would be willing to spend quite a bit on that. And you go, well, it's, you know, it's X percent of your revenue. And they're like, what? You know, but, but that's kind of the model that we're getting into. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's just underappreciated I, I, you know, I think obviously you and your husband did a lot of due diligence Mm -hmm. and the franchisor makes all the difference in the world. You guys landed with a great one, right? But uh, there are plenty of good ones out there and they ought to be delivering on all those things. I guess for the listener who's out there, who's not, who did start their own business, right? And they're struggling and they're like, it is lonely at the top and I struggle with accountability and I don't have all the systems and process I want and I do need more back office help and I don't have a network of peers, you're like, well, that's because you're not spending any money on those things, right? Like if you're not investing to acquire those things, they're not just going to happen on their own. And when you start a business, you know, especially from scratch, you do uh, realize a lot of the results from your own work and toil and it's your sweat equity that's going in. But at some point, a business has to mature to the point where you can spend dollars to acquire those things. And, you know, we've, we see business owners, I mean, I'm guilty of, as guilty of this as anybody. So I'm not blameless, but like some, some, the most expensive hourly rate 
in any business is the business owner doing something they shouldn't be doing for that hour, right? So I think there's a ton of lessons in here for even non-franchise businesses about what are you, if we were to do like a time audit and we were to ask Shauna and we said, Shauna, if we looked at your calendar for the week uh, and we stacked it up against, say, a non-franchise business owner's calendar, my my guess would be that you get to spend a higher percentage of your time in your highest and best use than they do because they don't have all of that back back office support stuff. And so we've talked some about marketing, and obviously that's one of those. But what are some of the other things that you have put into the classification of your highest and best use of time? And you know, knowing that because you've got this franchise system behind you, you're able to spend more time there. What else do you do you put in that bucket? Well, I would say it would be you know my my associates, my teammates. Um, you know, being able to onboard them. Um, you know, a lot of times you hire somebody, you give them their shirt or a name badge and possibly a business card, and then you know, okay, here's your employee manual, and we're gonna do the best we can. Um, that is one of the other huge benefits of being with a franchise is that there is a library and, and if I were to remember, it's like 40 something classes <laughs> and they're all very short, but it's, there's, there's classes out there that are all online, um, that my, that my team can go ahead and we can, they're always updating training. So things, you know, we kind of had that. I call it the Christmas list. Uh, I'm always calling the helpline or emailing. I'm say, can we put this on the Christmas list for something, you know, for that rainy day when you need to create something? I would like this. <laughs> and then all of a sudden it shows up in, in a training. And, you know, that is probably another great thing is as we ask so many questions and can we do this, help me with this, they'll create the training for me where if I didn't, if I own my own business myself, you know, the buck stops with me. Mm-hmm. I have to create that training to help my associates. Mm-hmm. So not that we're, we're not creating things, but we're giving them the opportunity to sit down um, as we're doing the training or after and learning those little tidbits that you may forget along the line, um, you know, that we've gotten from other places. And we've all gone to great networking events or training events for the day. But as the owner... You can't necessarily bring your whole team. You know, mm-hmm. I can't close down PostNet for the day and everybody go to a training. Although I'd like to do that someday. <laughs> um, but you know, it, it, being able to bring back nuggets is great. But having your associates being able to do that training themselves is just phenomenal for their growth, and they can do it at their own, you know, rate of speed. Um, and our corporate really helps with that. And and if there is an item that is not on there, they'll create it for me. Um, like I said, if I was a regular business owner without the franchisee or without, without headquarters behind me, I, I would have to do that myself. And then I would have to really decide if it was worth, you know, my time or did I make time? I wonder too, like, I mean, we, we've been in situ, we've been in the room before when somebody like we're doing the update, you know, at the top of the meeting and. And somebody will say, uh, the sales manager will say, yeah, we've got a new sales guy starting tomorrow. You know, his name is Bob. And somebody goes, you know, the HR person's like, Bob, I don't, I don't have a drug test back from Bob. And like, well, you know, he's, it's, he's coming back in today. He's going to sign all his paperwork. I'm like, okay, well, I was, I was going to be out of the office. We'll get somebody else to get him to sign his paperwork. And then they go, who's Bob going to ride with tomorrow? And you're like, 
I don't know who's not that busy, right? And it's like this is so. My point is, uh, we're talking about your, you know, what's Shauna's highest and best use, and you're talking about being intentional about spending time with that new hire. Mm -hmm. And I don't think you would be surfacing these training needs if you weren't spending that time. I'm thinking like how many new onboard hires start, and they are wholly inadequately trained. Mm -hmm. But nobody knows it except them, right? Right, And they're too scared to raise their hand and be like, hey, you guys are doing a piss-poor job of getting me up to speed and teaching me what I need to do to be successful. And it just, it just becomes this thing that gets perpetuated. You know, and nobody's you – know, Devin uses a great example out of a book that we love where, you know, the, the employee's first day, every, every new employee's first day is spent with the owner of a hotel – and they are seeing the hotel from the owner's perspective, and he's pouring into them about why this is important, why that's important, and, and where they're going to fit into things and how their role is going to be an integral part of, of the whole. And, um, you know, I, I don't think – I mean, there's a lot of other things we might talk about in terms of highest and best use. Have you, say, pouring into my associates, especially the new ones, uh, I think that's a luxury. A lot of small it's it's a it's a role that should be a necessity, but a lot of small business owners view it as a luxury because they get sucked into all this other day to day stuff. Mm -hmm. And we actually do it at the um, the owner level also. When uh, a new franchisee comes on board, um, we have extensive training that they go to. Um, they did it online this last year, which is crazy that they were able to do it. But it's phenomenal that they were able to yeah. flip it and make make a printing and, and design and shipping class of a week online. Um, and then, so normally everybody goes to our headquarters in Colorado, um, and then they go for a week to an existing center that is an, for in-store training. Okay. And basically, just like you said, so what we would normally do with our associates, we're doing with our owners. Uh, we happen to be one of the um, uh, centers that people come to. And so, well, we just had one last week. Uh, father and his son uh, are going to be working at the center, and so they came f with us for a week. And we have a checklist, and basically, it's this is this is your last chance to have somebody standing behind you. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, see what my customers are like, and deal with our customers. And every customer is different, and so they're there for a whole week, so they get to talk. To, to Brad about our numbers and what our history is and how our sales are um, and gets to deal, you know, they go out networking with me. Um, they get to do everything from opening the door in the morning to vacuuming at night. They get to do everything so they can experience a day in the life or a week in the life of a PostNet owner before they get their keys. <laughs> yeah, before, before their, before, their before, pockets on the line. Yeah, before the, exactly. oh, crap, yeah. a, what did I do? Well, they, yeah. they've, already, they've already wrote the check. It's just a matter of you know, they're waiting for the, those boxes have not all been unpacked. So it really gives them the opportunity. The other thing that uh, we do at PostNet is we also have a phenomenal trainer uh, that travels all over the nation, and he goes and spends um, a couple days with them as they're opening the first day. Uh, so he's usually there almost a week with them also. Uh, so he, they do have a superior uh, opportunity of having somebody there from headquarters really before. So you really have that. It's almost three weeks' worth of training that a new franchisee is given um, before, you know, it's sort of, okay, you know, little bird out of the, out of the, the nest, see if you're going to fly on your own. 
Um, and all of us, uh, we get phone calls all the time from um, people that have come into our centers. I mean, they're part of our family now. It's like we want them to succeed. Sure. So it's like, you know, I had one, uh, Brandon just opened one in uh, Tennessee, and he calls every once in a while. He's like, okay, I have a customer. I told him I could do it. Help me figure out how to do it. I'm like, I'm here. We'll figure it out. <laughs> That's great. Man, I'll tell you, one of the things that I'm just taking away from this, and it sounds like it's a large reason why you picked PostNet, uh, just my words, is that you talk about playing the long-term game and networking, like 90 days. Mm-hmm. And there is a, there's a, a, a definite synergy there between you and, and the franchise in the fact that they're playing the long-term game with their franchisees. And yes, you're signing a check and you're, you're writing that, that like royalty to them once a quarter or whatever that, that cycle is. But it, it'd be very easy, you know, for the, the application for our business owners is it'd be very easy for them to, to count every penny and say, well, every penny that, that additional penny that goes out is another one out of my pocket, right? And, and I think that what I'm getting away from all this is that, that, is so, that we, we tell them that's short-sighted. You don't, you know, don't miss the forest for the trees, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. And, and the fact that if you play the long-term game, PostNet could easily not offer the HQs. They could, they could just have their corporate office that, that sits up in their ivory tower and disseminates all the information and says, we're making these changes and refuses to hear the feedback of their people. Um, and it would be a lot more affordable for them. They would collect the same check every, every month or quarter, whatever it is. And they would be that much more profitable, but it, in the short term, I think, because in the long run, what, what it sounds like a lot of the benefits you've received as an owner is comes comes directly from them saying, we are going to make this investment. We, we are going to invest back in our people. We're going to take what they provide us and we're going to invest it back into them through these other resources. And I think that's a huge takeaway for just any listener, whether you're a small business owner or you're a franchise owner of another franchise, you know, be advocate for um, the long game and invest in the people. And obviously we have, you have to have strategies for how to do that well so that you don't, uh, you know, drive yourself in a hole early. But I think there's, there's just huge value in that. And just thanks for sharing that with us. We're, we're very happy. Um, you know, and you know, what is, is the behind the scenes perfect? No. You know, there always are things that we would love to see different. Um, everybody always has a wish list, but I know at the end of the day, if I have a question, I have somebody as a business owner that I can go to. Um, you know, I can go to another uh, franchisee. I can go to HQ. I can go to my my regional. Um, and then also, there's you know, there's you. If I have a question about something, I, and I, I can go ahead and call you and say, hey, let's talk about this. Being able to step out and ask a question and ask for help, or getting to know somebody, is. I think one thing that business owners 20 years ago didn't do, or even 10 years ago, they didn't do. They didn't ask for help. They didn't want to know something. They just figured they only are going to stay in their little four walls. Um, And these days to be successful, you you have to be willing to ask for help, learn different things. I learn something every single day. My associates teach me something all the time. Um, We just had a brand new uh, um, owner come in from Louisiana and we were doing something, and I have two brand new staff members, and they're helping train them uh, because they're doing it every day. And yesterday, my husband was talking to one of our associates, and she, and she showed him something, and he just looked at her and went, 
I've never learned. I never knew that. <laughs> He's like, I've done this for 11 years the wrong way. He goes, this is great. It just <laughs> saved him time. It's, you know, a keystroke on the computer. But it was another way to service our customers faster and better. Hmm. Uh, so being able to keep an open mind as a business owner, I think sometimes we just think we're, 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 we're never going to have to learn anything else. Um, and I think our successful business owners are people that really keep an open mind and want to learn more uh, and better themselves. Hi, this is Devin Dash at Axiom Strategic, and we just want to take a moment to, to break in our episode. And first of all, just thank you for listening. And the second thing we want to inform you of is a special series that we're going to be doing where we want to answer your burning questions. If you're a business owner or you're a professional working for a business and you have a burning question um, that we can put our minds to and, and maybe help you, you know, think strategically about, do not hesitate to, to reach out to us. We're going to be putting together a string of episodes where we're going to be answering your questions. You can email us your questions at podcast at axiomstrategic.com or you can visit our website axiomstrategic.com, visit our podcast page, and there will be a form that you can fill out and get us your questions that way. I want to thank you again for listening. And now back to the episode. Let's. Uh, we've talked quite a bit about PostNet and what you do. It's been kind of instructive in giving us some like real-time examples as we're going through. Uh, but as we, we kind of shift gears to kind of focus on the business of PostNet, yeah. um, I, one of my questions is, you know, so you, you guys do shipping, you do mail receipt, you do, um, you do design work and printing. Uh, what am I leaving out? A lot of business services, uh, we can help notary. You know, notary, shredding, faxing, okay. scanning, okay. Um, mailbox services. What is, what's the, what in your suite of services is probably like the hidden gem that most, if we're talking to our audience, which is going to be business owners and, and people in leadership teams and businesses, um, what are they missing in this landscape of businesses like PostNet that help with this back office um, but also not just back office, because when I think about the printing and the creative and the collateral material stuff, like that's very visible. I mean, is it that like, what is, what is your best kept secret or worst kept secret um, <laughs> that more business owners ought to know about and ought to leverage that they're just, they just don't know what's there. So they're not taking advantage of it. I would say our, our associates, our associates and their desire to help. I mean, we had a, a customer that has been a longstanding customer. They had a mailbox for years. They changed businesses over the years and still kind of, you know, we just kind of rolled with them. Um, and uh, due to the pandemic, they weren't able to do what they normally do. So they had to change the way they did business. Um, they had a presentation that normally they would do in person. They needed to do these packets um, they needed to have things printed, they needed to have them bound, and they needed to have them shipped out. And they called and they're like, you know, Morgan, can you help me with this? Literally, they never even had to come into the, the business center. They were able to do everything from, who knows, they could have been on the beach when they were doing it. God bless them, I hope they were. Um, but they were able to stay in their business, do what they needed to do, ship everything over. We were able to do the full um, project for them. 
and ship it all out, send them, email them all the tracking numbers and do it all for them. And they, they weren't having to skip a beat in their business. It was sort of like this, this big project is now taken care of. They already had completed it. They didn't need help with the design, which is fine, mm -hmm. but they needed help with, with printing it and getting it bound and getting it sent out and, and doing all of that. And we were able to do that for them much faster than they were able to do it themselves because they would have had to stop here and they would have had to stop there. Right. It was one place that they were able to do it. So I think people sometimes just forget to ask um, and, and see if somebody else can do the whole project for them. Um, we do a lot of um, mailings. And again, your corporate office, for, for some of our larger companies, they create some fabulous marketing pieces. You're just responsible for the printing of them or getting them out. And a lot of times they think, well, they have to do it. If I didn't do the printing, I'm not gonna, they're not gonna help me. Mm. Um, so a lot of times we're able to take what their corporate already gave them. Um, and a lot of times they've gotten it, you know, I'll be honest, sometimes it's even more affordable because they've bought it in huge bulk uh, and H their headquarters has created it. Mm. Uh, and they're able to send them a small amount or whatever they have asked for. Um, and instead of them doing the labels and, and, you know, putting stamps on things, you know, why not allow somebody else to do that? And you really, again, go do what, what you do best in your business and allow us to do that. Um, you know, there are people that are like, I'm going to have my kids do that. Well, sometimes it's 5,000 of something and they got through a hundred and like, yeah, they pooped out. <laughs> well, that was fun. <laughs> That's a good, it's a good paradigm shift, uh, because we look at, you know, we talk about what can a business do, like what is their suite of services or products. And what you're saying is don't think of us that way. Think of us as, you know, you're, think of our people. Mm -hmm. I want you to come talk to our people and like think of them almost like you would think of your employee down the hallway when you're like at a deadline and you're like, hey, we've got to do this. We're going to have to figure out a way to do it. What do you got? Like, what ideas do you have? And like, is that is that a good Absolutely. way to summarize it? Um, so, that's uh, I'm going to take you up on that because Devin and I have a project. He probably <laughs> knows exactly which one I'm talking about. Bring it on! You know, like, yep we we've been banging our heads against this wall for too many weeks, and we're tired of it. So we're going to come ask somebody at PostNet to figure out if if their head will hurt less if they bang it against. I'll be the there wall. Monday. What time do you open? <laughs> Well, one of, the, one of the other things that we like to, to find out is, and we've talked a little bit about it, but just what's happening in your industry? What are you seeing? Um, are there any shifts that you're seeing in this kind of support services, uh, logistics, printing design um, that business owners need to be aware of or could, could use to kind of better inform them about maybe either how to use your services or opportunities uh, that might be emerging that weren't there maybe six months or a year ago? Well, you know, I think a lot of our products, um, you know, we're always looking for new products. Uh, that is something that when I talked about the vision 2024, that is something that is part of that. Um, so our company, as we're doing strategic planning, you know, we're asking the, the question, you know, right out. It's like if, if money was no option, what would be something that you would like to be able to have in your center, either a product or a machine or something, whatever it is. Um, but we also um, offer a lot of products that, you know, everything kind of has a circular motion to it of, a, yeah, it was popular then, it's maybe not popular now. Um, notary services, we've always done them, 
But from the pandemic, mm-hmm. a lot of, you know, the banks weren't open. You still needed to go ahead to uh, do a closing. We could, we were able to assist them. So little things like that uh, definitely change for us. Um, some of the other services that um, we're finding is, you know, people are home more. People took the time in this last year to either by choice or by force to stay home. Sometimes that was good. Sometimes that was bad. Um, you know, you can only clean so many closets before you're like, okay, now I need, I really have to start working on my business. Um, but people were actually reading their mail. Um, you know, in the past, you know, a year ago or a year and a half ago, a lot of us, okay, so the kid went and got the mail. You may or may not have seen what was in it. Or you stood by the recycling bin and kind of went, yeah, I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. I don't have time for that. And it all kind of went in the recycling bin. Um, I think one of the blessings of the pandemic was it gave people, one, we, we started looking out for each other a little bit more. Uh, so things that came in the mail, we looked at. Uh, we wanted to go ahead and support local businesses. Uh, you know, everybody loves Amazon, even though Amazon can support a small business. We, you know, we wanted to be able to help Shauna. We wanted to be able to to, to help Truman's down the road. Uh, you know, we wanted to go buy a piece of jewelry from Vanessa's. Uh, you know, all these different things um, that we maybe were, again, we're on that wish list of things. If we had the time, now all of a sudden you have the time and let's go ahead and do them. But I would say mailings became a big thing again. Um the post office, love or hate the post office, they have a phenomenal program called Every Door Direct Mail. Um, and it gives most of your mail that you are getting is really from that program. Uh, and it gives a small business owner or a large business owner um, the opportunity to have this oversized uh, mailing uh, that is 99% about the mailing versus a regular postcard where you have to have, you know, almost two thirds of the back half of it um, solely for the stamp and the address. And so you can't Mm. advertise on that. So it's lost real estate. Mm. Um, The every door direct mail pieces, basically other than two little indicia marks, and you can make them really, really tiny. um, You have a full um, postcard that is oversized. It never touches any piece of machinery. So a lot of times when you do a regular mailing, uh, they come in with little stickers on them with a barcode or something on. You have to peel off, and it may be covering your address or your phone number. And if you don't, you know, people didn't feel the need to peel it off, you've lost that call to action or whatever. Um, this never hits. Uh, you bring it into them. There's different, you know, do all their paperwork and, and whatnot. But it's delivered to all the people that are in a mailing route. So, you know, for example, where we live, there's two routes in Waterleaf. Um, So there's everybody within that mailing route. And there may be some people on the outskirts, but basically it's that area. Uh, Everybody would get one that is getting mail. So it's a low-cost um, way to get your message out to everybody that's getting mail. So people that happen to be living up north and having their mail forwarded, they're not going to get it. But the reality is they're up north. They're, they're not going to come down and get a two-for-one smoothie down at Smoothie King anyways on Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, so it really um, gives a, a little bit more of a, a, a target to who's getting that mail. You know somebody in that house is getting mail. So it's a great piece and um, you know, versus the price – of doing a regular mailing, I mean, stamps are going up again. Ooh. You know, this will go up a little, but it's still under 20 cents to mail. You can't buy a stamp for 20 cents and get anything mailed out, particularly oversized. So it's a, a good economical, um, particularly for small businesses. You know, and I say small businesses, but, you know, the definition of a small business is, you know, 
a business with under 500 people. The majority of Lakewood Ranch and our around surrounding area all falls under small business. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, you know, a lot of the businesses that are opening that we kind of use that small business are really micro businesses. They're the one to one to three, one to five. That's really what a lot of Lakewood Ranch and our surrounding area is, is micro businesses. Um, but this gives a, um, a realtor if they're um, putting a home up for sale or saying, hey, I sold this home in your, in your area. You want me to sell your home? Right. You know, that type of thing, uh, an event. Somebody has a, a circus going on or they have a, a, a wedding uh, expo or something and they want to share it around the community. It's a, a more economical way to say, hey, you're around this area um, or you have a new business and you want to, okay, I want to target a mile around. Well, here's a mile around um, and really kind of get to, get to those people. So people are reading their mail. Um, you know, I, I will also um, just put a plug in there for the, the homegrown thank you note. Something handwritten. Oh, my goodness. Pull that out of the archives. Um, but it's what's old is new again. It right? really is. And, you know, that's where the, the you know, the, some of the direct mail, um, it kind of got pushed to the side um, because of social media. Um, you know, social media is new. It's improved. Uh, you don't necessarily, for uh, organic grassroots effort, don't have to pay a lot for it. So, when, you, when you're talking about putting stamps on things or uh, metering something, there's a cost to it where there's not on social media. Um, but it's, it's a different clientele um, that are really going to use. We've all learned the different clienteles, you know, who hangs on Facebook these days, who's doing Snapchat these days. Mm -hmm. You know, you really have to figure out who works best for, for your clientele. Um, but the bottom line is even if you're doing social media, you want to have something on there that's pretty. Um, and if you have a designed... Um, buy somebody who has some skills, you're going to get a lot more than, you know, a stick figure. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, and also branding, you know, that's one of the, the big things that, that uh, businesses sometimes forget is they, they got a clip art off the internet. Well, that's great. But if you're branding, it's not part of your branding, you're kind of confusing people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a, one of the things also, I think people are taking notice to is branding. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, it, you, people today can smell a stock photo from a mile away. They're like, yeah, those aren't your employees. <laughs> That's not your office, right? Your child doesn't look like that. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, in terms of, I mean, it's gr the Every Door Direct Mail piece, news to me. I've never heard about that before. Fabulous uh, thing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I I can think of lots of applications for you know a lot of our clients are in home services businesses, mm -hmm. um, when that's exactly and they probably know about this. I'm just ignorant. Uh, but are they leveraging it? I mean, more important for a business that um, you know has has just always well, we talk about uh, social media marketing and, and digital marketing because it's it's kind of been the thing. But for a lot of companies, it's a black box. You know, they hire a, a consultancy or a marketing firm to do this, and they really don't know how the sausage is being made. They're not really sure whether it's getting results. They're looking at reports that kind of say it is, but maybe they're struggling to, to see any fruit of that in incoming leads or sales. And, um, and you know, we're I'm an advocate for, you know, dead, stupid, simple, you know. And, and I think a lot of, you know, with – email marketing, um, you know, being such a crowded space, 
uh, I do think I heard a client say, man, direct mail. Now our, our direct mail response rate is mm -hmm. better than our email response rate just because it's not as crowded in mailboxes anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but what's what I think the real opportunity for somebody listening that doesn't, um, you know, maybe a smaller business that's never done every every door direct mail, um, like they, you know, they're going like, how do you get started? And what you've talked enough about it, I'm like, well, you go to a post that and you say, <laughs> I want to talk to Shauna about putting something in everybody's mailbox, and you just literally say like, what's step one? You know, like I don't know what the piece is going to be. I got some ideas. I have no idea how to put it together. I have no idea how to get it on paper. I have no idea how to get it to the post office or get it in the box. And you guys could basically handle all of that. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. That's beautiful. Well, is there anything else that you see uh, thinking outside the scope of, of PostNet's business, but you're a small business owner, right? And you are you're very plugged in to the local business community, very plugged into the community in general. Uh, what do you see your small business owner colleagues going through right now? And, and what are some of the things that you and they are working on uh, kind of as top of mind to, to make the year better, to continue to improve the business? Are there market conditions you're having to adjust to or the new things that you're having to get used to? Uh, just what's the general vibe in your, your world of small business? Well, I would say my vibe, I would love to say that, you know, ours, um, because we were an essential service, being open uh, throughout the pandemic allowed us to really have time with our customers and really follow back up with them. And really, you know, what you said was old was new again. Um, being able to go back and, you know, pull the reports and see where our customers are and see if they're in the same businesses. Because a lot of you know, bottom line is a lot of people lost their jobs, uh, got furloughed, um, or decided, I want to try, this is it. I'm, I'm going to go for that rainy day project that I always wanted to do. Um, being able to be there for them um, and tell them, you know, you're not in this together, or we're in this together, you're not, you're not alone in this. Um, you know, people had a, a talent has been a, a problem for everybody. It still is a problem. Hmm. Um, you know, but we can, um, you know, we're helping p small business or an individual who wants to get a job, they can come into PostNet and get their resume printed for free. We've always done it. Hmm. We've never really advertised it. You know, bottom line is somebody's looking for a job. We want to help them out. Okay, sure. I'll, I'll photocopy five copies of your resume for you for free, get you started. You know, we're hoping that, you know, you'll pay it forward. You get to a new, you know, your new business. If they need something printed or they need a notary or they want something shipped, they'll think of PostNet. Um, those are the nice people that help me with my resume. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that, being able to give back in small uh, doses, um, that has been probably, you know, reconnecting with our customers. We all got really busy before. You know, the last couple of years, we've all been real busy. We've all, you know, oh, I have to try this. You were talking about how, you know, the new it thing was social media and trying to everybody be everything to everybody on social media. Um, I think for us it was um, because we had the support of our um, headquarters, you know, they continue to make posts for us. So on days when you just couldn't get around to it, they, they do that. But we also do posts and make the, you know, put that um, local feel to it and support our other 
uh, companies and customers that come in, you know, went to the um, giraffe uh, park on Rye, the Rye Road Giraffes last weekend. So I had to post that. I mean, come on, how cool is that? Uh, you know, so we were able to really support other businesses um, and ask them, how can we, how can we make your post-pandemic life better? Um, for a lot of businesses, I think it's eye-opening to think that, um, you know, PostNet has had their best year ever um, as a corporation. Um, shipping was, everybody was staying home. They were having to ship things. Um, it was something that normally if we were to have this conversation a year ago, I would have said on the slide that I do shipping um, because I really, I, you know, I, I have a passion for the printing, the creative side of it. You know, shipping is shipping, right. but shipping is darn fun. Um, you know, the things that we have shipped, getting to meet the people, um, really, I think for, for us, it was embracing all the things that we do. Um, you know, notary in the past was, okay, yeah, I can do a notary for you. But now it's like, you know, you're buying a new house or you're buying a business uh, or you're selling a house so you can move up uh, up north to be with your kids or grandkids. You know, really getting to know these people um, and knowing that our services are making a difference in people's lives hmm. um, makes what we do so fun. Because, I mean, when you sit there and go, oh, yeah, you print, that's exciting. Oh, you put stamps on things, that's exciting. But it's really the people behind all these services um, yeah. that is really the exciting part. That is neat, is, is you reframe it from providing a service to really being able to connect people. It does make a ton of sense. I think of some of our business owners uh, who had people, you know, the, the office shut down, everybody went remotely, and they were sending things to people's homes, you know, because they didn't have an opportunity to see each other. So they're sending them gifts or... Um, you know, care packages. And it's like, if you told me that I had to send a care package to every employee, I would just throw up, I would probably spend all day trying to figure out how to get the, where to get the boxes, where to get the labels, you know, that kind of stuff. That's just one day. He's still got to go buy all the, right. <laughs> um, but I like how you're, I like what you're saying about your business has become so much more about connecting the people than it, than it is about, what's going between their hands. Like you got to get it between them, whether it's printing something that's going to put everybody on the same page or let somebody know about what's going on and where connection can happen to actually like getting a tangible thing from one person to another. Um, you're, you're kind of the facilitator for that, which is, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, this has been fantastic. Um, it, it kind of exceeded every expectation and I had some pretty high ones. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun. It has been a lot of fun. So thank you so much for giving us a good chunk of your day and bringing uh, all your insights. Uh, it really has, there've been a ton of takeaways that, that apply to franchise businesses or non-franchise businesses. So thank you very much. We've really, really thoroughly enjoyed it. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm honored to be here. Love spending time with both of you and getting to know you a little bit better. So this has been fun. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be back next week. And uh, until then, have a great week. All right. Anything you want to circle back to? Yeah. I figured you had a list. <laughs> I don't have a long list. I mean, there, I'm sure there's lots. but He just the, writes tiny, so it's... Yeah. The most so recent... Yeah, the, <laughs> the most recent one was you, you getting to ship items. I, I guess I'm just I'm just want to take a step back out of like 
we, we said anything. What is the weirdest item you shipped? What <laughs> like let's you oh. have you have horror stories as well as uh... every once in a while because you're gonna have to follow me on my page because if I have a weird box, I have to post it and be like, so what do you think's in the box? Nice. Okay. Because you know when you're shipping, there's coverage and you know people you want to make sure that box gets there safely. Right. But there are some people that are so creative. Um, and they may think that wrapping something in, in paper, you know, so it looks like the item right. is not necessarily the greatest way to ship something. Right? <laughs> um, so, you know, um, th- boxes that look like toilets are always, you know, that's just a fun thing to put on social media. <laughs> oh, that's um, great. But we have, uh, from time to time, you know, people are moving. So they're going through grandma's house, and this has to go to this grandkid, and this has to go there. Um, we've worked with um, some um, antique houses or auction houses that will au- auction off anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would say probably one some of the weirdest things have been um, some taxidermy items. Um, um, somebody came in to ask how much it would. There was a um, ottoman made out of a elephant's foot. Why, really? Yes. Wow. It's very large and very odd. Um, you know, things like that. Um, antique things um, that you're like, wow, you're going to spend that much money to get that there, really? How, you know, sometimes we have to ask, uh, how much sentimental value does this, does this really have? And what's your budget? Uh, so there are some pretty humorous ones. Taxidermy probably is some of the, the weird things that we've packed. Mm. You know, mm. we have had people come in and, you know, ask how much it's going to cost to, you know, ship grandma home. Um, you know, those that does take you off off balance yeah. a little bit. Well, yeah, I can imagine that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so so is it is it true that every box that's shaped like a toilet is a toilet or no people just like sending things so, well, in bo- boxes shaped like toilets? Uh, well, actually, it was a car part or okay. a part for a motor, I guess. So, yeah. Okay. Um, but we've had uh, some very odd ones just because, you know, this community is very eclectic. People may think, oh, it's, you know, just same people live in Lakewood Ranch and the, the surrounding communities. But really, no. We have some phenomenal. Plenty of weirdos out here. <laughs> Eccentric, we, I kind of like. We love yeah. Lakewood Ranch. You're better, well, you know, you have, better marketer <laughs> yeah. Than I. Yeah, you have to remember, you know, Ringling Brothers and Barnum and right. Bailey. You know, there's yep. some history here. Right. Anybody mean the Ringling Museum? Okay. So there, there's some, there's a lot of eccentric people here, which makes it. Just great. Yeah. Uh, so, and we have a lot of manufacturing, surprisingly enough. And they make, you know, a cog in the wheel of some big something. Uh, and they'll bring it in. We had a, a client that um, made parts that went to a, um, I think it was a French fry machine or something you made French, but it was this huge piece and it weighed unbelievable. Mm. But it was hilarious when they brought it. It's like, what is this? That. <laughs> wow. So that is it, that really when you go to the post office or you come to us and they ask you all those questions about what's in the box, it's half of it is because we're just darn nosy. <laughs> <laughs> the other half is for the you know the coverage through the vendors, but we're just darn nosy. You want to know what's in the box? That's great. That's I have great. Um, switch gears a little bit. I'm always curious when we talk to business owners who you know spouses who work in the business together. Um, so is this the first time you and your husband have worked in the same business together? Were you involved in the, the, uh, previous one as well? I was involved in the staffing industry with him for uh, a few years. That's actually okay. where we met. Okay. Um, but this is the business where we, we spend most of our time in, um, 
I can't say that we spend all of our time together. We just happen to be, he, we kind of have it worked out. Our employees now, after 11 years, my husband has won the, the uh, ability to play golf twice a week. Um, <laughs> he's worked hard for it, or I'm just really a nice wife. Let's go with that. <laughs> and um, so we, just knowing what we're doing uh, with our roles is he's there in the morning. Um, we, have a, we have a younger child. She's growing up like a weed now. Um, but so we kind of, we kind of part ways. So he leaves and I come in and our employees kind of, kind of laugh and say, Oh, dad's leaving. Oh, here comes mom. (laughs) (laughs) So we don't necessarily are always at the center at the same time. I don't think it's a necessity for what we do. Um, it kind of freaks people out, honestly, when we're both there. Um, cause like you said, you know, if, if you have two owners of a business there, when you do have other associates, is that really the best use of their time? Right. Yeah. Um, so that's why I usually am trying to get out. But I also, you know, th- particularly this year, um, uh, we have associates that uh, have really wanted to uh, boost their leadership skills. Um, so they're start, you know, I'm starting to train them, and they're starting to go to networking events with us, and you know, the the young leaders for. Um, Lakewood Ranch Business Alliance, and she's become a member of Morgan, our, our manager. And, you know, she really was like, okay, I'm ready to take the dive. And so, you know, m- my feeling is um, I really, I, I want somebody to kick me out of my job. Mm-hmm. I, I want her to be able to grow into the role that I'm doing now and for me to go, hey, go find something else to do is basically mm-hmm. what I want her to tell me. Mm-hmm. You know, ultimately, uh, you know, I would love for my daughter to take over the business. Will that happen at 12? Yes. Right now it's not very cool. Um, but, you know, when she was little, it was very cool. So I, I would love for one of my associates to be like, I would love to buy your business from you. That mm-hmm. that would be the ultimate thank you of you've done a good job is I want to buy your business. Yeah. That's great. The, um, the, the other thing that I'm always interested in when I talk to people who are in the retail world is it is like a rain or shine, like whatever the hours on the door say, like the doors have to open at that time and, and stay open until the end of that time. And like, I've heard, I've heard stories of, you know, like on my deathbed, but I had to go and open because otherwise, you know, people weren't going to be able to work that day, you know, customers weren't going to be able to get served. And we don't do a ton of retail. You know, most of our businesses are more service-oriented businesses, professional services, home services. And it's like, well, you know, if you're if you're a small small uh, you know startup business, and say you've started your own air conditioning company, you started your own roofing company, and like you come down with something, you're like, you know, I'm gonna have to reschedule our start date, right? And it's like, okay, like life happens, but you don't get that. Like in retail, if you if the doors aren't open. Like they're just these ripples, like, you know, your reputation suffers, you lose business and never get it back again because people take it as a personal affront, you know, that you, you know, so it, has that been a, was that, a, how hard was that to move in, to go from staffing to retail? Um, it was a, it was a big struggle for my husband um, because in the staffing industry, it wasn't really walk-in traffic that you were looking for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you didn't have to be next to a Publix or have the prime location because, you know, if you're looking for a job, you're going to go find that. Um, you just didn't normally walk down the road to look for a job. Um, but we being in retail, um, you do have to be there all the time. Uh, and in the beginning it was just the three of us. So it was, and having a small child, 
uh, you know. She probably knew every corner of that. Pl- I remember my dad going to my dad's business. Like we knew every nook and cranny of that office. Yes, because the first year she stayed home before she went to school. God bless the Goddard School because that's where she spent a lot of her years. I was like, I can finally breathe. Um, but it, it was it, it was a it was a challenge. Um, we were extremely blessed because there was three of us. You know that was our decision. Not many people open a business with three people. Um, so doing it with your husband, that is the biggest plus is when you first open, um, is that there is somebody that has your back. Mm-hmm. Um, so if the daughter got sick or she couldn't go to school for whatever reason, mm-hmm. uh, or, you know, they had those half days, cause that's always sounds like a great idea when <laughs> kids are in school. Yeah. Let's, let's get out at noon. Um, you know, one of us could go get her and the business could still stay open. Now, did that mean that I, sh- I didn't scoop her up as fast as I could and, you know, bring her back to the store and, and she was helping, wasn't helping people because she can run our cash register better than anybody. Um, you know, you, you do make those sacrifices um, for retail, uh, but we made the decision early on, you know, we're not open. You know, we're like Chick-fil-A. We're not open on Sunday. You know, that's, and I love when people say, but you used to be. No, we've never been. Uh, we're like Chick-fil-A. We've never been open on Sunday. <laughs> um, and, you know, and there are different weekends. But, you know, like you said, we have to be open. One one reason is we have we have people's mail. Mm-hmm. You know, we have, a, we have hundreds of mailboxes uh, that people are, you know, have to be able to get their packages and have to be able to get their mail. Um, so there are days, you know, if for some reason somebody were late to open, um, usually it's the other way around. It's my husband is a very early morning person. So he goes there before it opens. Well, our customers have kind of gotten used to him being there very early. So they'll like, you know, bang on the back door when they know he's back there. Cause they'll see his car and be like, I, I know, I know it's quarter seven and I know you don't open till eight, but yeah, just, just let me give you this. Um, you know, and that's just what we do. Yeah. Um, but you know, if for some reason they're, that he was not there and, you know, our regular team doesn't open till eight o'clock to actually open at eight o'clock. Sometimes they're like, you, you didn't open till eight. So, well, technically we don't open till eight. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, being working retail does have its challenges. We were very blessed because uh, of Justin working with us. So he's been there since day one with us. Um, you know, he uh, was able to be there. So usually within the three of us, we were, ab- were, were able to go ahead and do that. And now that we've added um, our additional staff, um, it just makes it makes it so much easier when you're at that point when you can add an extra staff member, yeah. um, and you know have a have a ske- actually have to have a schedule. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know it's a great problem to have um, for people that you know just started a business and they're the only one. You know I, I feel badly for them um, because if they're sick, then business just doesn't get done. Mm-hmm. They don't have anybody to hand off to. Um, you know so that's where we try to come in at Postnet to at least. Be able to, even if they're down for a day or, you know, God forbid you had COVID and you couldn't work for a week or two weeks, you could still, if you were up to it, we could still help you, you know, do that mailing and do these other right. things. So it seemed like it was seamless for, for your customers. Yeah. When you um, when you guys are going through um, hiring and, and recruiting, um, you know, what has it been as difficult for you as for some of the other people that we talked to? Or it's like just getting people to come in for interviews because they can make more money. Are you experiencing that as well? Yeah, it, it was difficult. I mean, I was blessed to um, be able to add two new team members. Um, we had a, a gentleman that worked with us for a lot of years and we absolutely loved him. And he went on to just try something different, wanted to get out of basically retail. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it can, it, 
it's taxing. Yeah. There are days when it's like, okay, that, that was a long day. You got to kind of love it. I you mean. have to like change. Um, you know, I, I lovingly say if you have OCD, working retail is great because you got to be doing something. You know, if you, you want to move all the time, you don't want, if you're looking for a sedentary job, retail is not it. Right. Um, if you like change, every customer, even though they may be coming in um, to mail something or get something printed, but it's every experience is different. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you're always moving. Um, but it was very difficult to, um, to find the right people. Uh, that you know, finding people that want to work to start with is difficult, yeah. and then finding somebody that you know you give them the requirements of you have to be able to stand, you have to be able to be nice to people. I got to be nice to people. <laughs> yes, you have to be nice to people. You have to talk to people. Right. I got to talk to people. This might not be a good fit for you. <laughs> well, it, it, I think there's like there's two um, two things that I I see in retail businesses. Like number one, they are what we think about when we think of a business. Like when we, we think of a business, you think of, okay, I go to this place and it looks like a business. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people fall in love with retail because of the look, right? So it's like, I want I want this boutique, you know, and I, I can imagine exactly where I would have everything staged and where this would go, or I want this restaurant because I've got this really cool idea for a dining room, or I want this coffee house because I want to do live entertainment. It's going to... It's, and it's, a lot of it is about the space and a lot of the businesses that we enjoy going to, we enjoy going because there's a great aesthetic and the space is, is very, um, it's outstanding, right? And so you fall in love and you're like, I want to start a business. And the first thing I think about is the hours on the door. And like, you know, you've got to, you, once you create the space, now you have to maintain the space. And I, we've all been in restaurants that probably looked fantastic on opening day, and now there's dust in the corners, and the grout in the bathroom is dirty, and the baseboards are coming loose. And, and it just, and a restaurant can go from being like, man, this is a really nice place, to it's the exact same place, but two years later, you know, it doesn't, it sends a completely different message. It takes a ton of work to maintain this space. Like it costs Devin and I nothing, right? I mean, somebody comes in here and runs a vacuum cleaner, but you can see, I mean, there's stuff on the desk, there's stuff on the whiteboard. We don't have to invest any time in maintaining space. So Mm -hmm. that's a big thing I think people miss. And the second piece is because of those hours on the door, like you have to be competent in recruiting and retaining people. Because you can't be there all the time. Like, I mean, you can initially because you have to, but eventually you're not going to want to be. And so you find people, I think you find a lot of business, you know, all these, uh, the, the crazy SBA statistics are like 90% of the businesses don't, you know, I, I always imagine that failure rate, like being predominantly in like retail spaces where they totally underestimate what it's going to, how much work it's going to take to maintain a physical facility and they're just totally uh, outside their skill set in recruiting and retaining people. You know, so I mean, what is, if you guys run into? Was that also an eye opener of like, wow, like we have to, we got to sweep the shop every day, and it's got to look great, and we got to get pretty damn good at finding people who can talk to customers the way we want them to talk to them, and can be conscientious and follow the checklist and show up on time and. It's very challenging, you know, particularly from um, the design aspect of it. Like I said, you know, um, we love to, you know, our, it's just a, 
a fun project when we have a new business owner that has a budget, has all their plan together, and they sit down with you and they say, okay, let's start a business. I mean, that is wonderful. It's not the norm. Um, so having a graphic person with some graphic experience that has gone to school for it, um, those are creative types of people that are very used to sitting there for hours and being creative and making lots of different options for you um, and, you know, nitpicking and getting the right color and, you know, getting just everything perfect. Um, and I, I'm, and we love to do that for our customers. But for our graphic person, you know, when we're talking about hiring somebody with some graphic skills, it's hard to find somebody that has graphic skills but also wants to talk on the phone and also wants to back this <laughs> right, right. And, and also what doesn't mind running a vacuum cleaner at the end of the day and, and talking to people. You know, a lot of times creatives, it's hard and a great challenge to find somebody who's creative and outgoing at the same time that doesn't mind that stop and go because, um, you know, a true graphics person could sit there for a day creating a logo in a dark room with yeah. headphones on like exactly yeah. <laughs> and that's just not i mean our i mean i have to put on our um job postings you know it's a loud environment it's 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 we're always moving there's always people coming in and that person may you know devin may come in and say hey i want to create that with you i'm going to sit right here with you that would freak a lot of graphic designers out. And they're like, you know, I'm not, no, we're not going to sit there. And I'm not going to show you how I turn that business card from blue to green. No, I'm not doing that. But that's what our associates, you know, they deal with. You know, would I love for them to be in a back room or, you know, in, a, in an office like this and, and have that time. That would be wonderful. But it's just not the environment that we're in. I mean, we have to go ahead and be a little more fast paced. Um, you know, we do have customers that we do deal with and, and, and do that and we love them. But the majority of what a customer, when they come in and say they, they usually have a logo or this is what I want. You know, can you add a cow to the, this logo I already have because now I'm adding sheep or I'm now adding <laughs> steers to whatever I was doing before. Sure, we can change that. Um, so they have to really be an outgoing person um, to be able to deal with um, the interruptions and having the phone ring all the time and having the emails. And, you know, you're just it's not a one function um, person that, that can really be successful and like what they're doing at PostNet. Um, so having somebody that uh, is creative um, and wants to do different things is a perfect fit for us. But like I said, you know, we went through a lot of people, you know, even just when you have a conversation of, they're like, I have to do what? <laughs> are, are you sure? I, I just can't sit at my desk. No, you're going to be standing up and I know you don't know. You can't wear headphones and okay. Um, it's just, it, it was, it's a real, finding talent anywhere is yeah. a struggle. Um, and particularly now. So we were very blessed um, when Michael and Shelly came on board. Uh, they have been um, just unbelievable additions. You know, they have allowed me to get back out and do a lot more uh, networking and being able to train, like I said, be able to bring, uh, she's help, you know, Shelly's helping me do some of our marketing campaigns that are for us. It's like, okay, we have some time. Let's do something for us now. Hmm. You know, let's send some stuff out. Let's send those cards out. Um, and, you know, follow up with our customers. So really getting those employees is really a struggle, uh, but so well worth it for a small business owner who thinks, I, I 
because they're looking at those dollars. You mentioned it before, Devin, of people who start a business, it's all about the dollars. And there has to be a point where you're like, I, I need to look to the future of my business and what's that going to, you know, to get to that goal, what do I have to do to get there? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, adding a person is really going to be that. I'm curious whether, you know, during those times when you guys are really having a hard time, like finding the right person, did you ever look at your husband and be like, you're the staffing professional. Why can't you figure this out? <laughs> no, there were many times where I was looking at the resumes and I put them on his desk and he goes, are, are you sure? And I'm like, that's the best we got right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it, it, it's, that, is, that is a hard thing because he's like, I did this for 22 years. How come we don't have the perfect person? <laughs> right, right, right. Oh, that's great. Oh, well, this has been fantastic. Thanks again for all your time. Thank you. really appreciate you indulging us and being generous with it. So thank you. Thank you. Invite you all to come by, and you haven't seen PostNet in person, so. Oh, I'm not lying. 8 o'clock. Yeah, we <laughs> 8 o'clock Monday morning. He will be there, and it's on my way home, so we're going to get to know PostNet very well. We'll know all of your people by name probably within the next 30 days. So. That's exciting. Yeah, that's uh, great stuff. Thank you, Shauna. Thank you. <laughs>